and welcome to Must Talk Money. This is a brand new podcast where we have the one conversation that everyone hates to have, but needs to have, and that's the conversation of money. The goal of this podcast is to take the fear, shame, and secrecy out of the money discussion. Also, I want to do my part to help you get on the right foot to walk in financial success onto a fabulous financial future. This is the place for you to listen, learn, share, and embrace all things related to your personal finances. I'm your host, Merle. Let's get started. Hey guys, welcome to Must Talk Money. My name is Merle. I'm your host. Look, if you are brand new here to the show, thank you so much for joining me. However you found me, uh, whether you were just scrolling, whatever. Thank you for coming. I appreciate you being here. Go follow me at Must Talk Money on Instagram. Also, you can email me at musttalkmoney at gmail.com. Send me a message. I think there's a link uh, somewhere in the show. You can leave a comment or something, questions, concern, whatever. There are multiple ways to reach out to me if you'd like to do so. If you are returning and you've listened to more than one episode or you're a regular listener, hey, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, You are the best. I appreciate you with the comments, questions, concern, feedback, all that. Um, I am happy that, you know, you were able to start thinking differently, make a change, do something different um, due to what I've said here in the show. And that's the whole purpose is to get you moving differently, uh, doing something different with your money that's going to make you better. You know, I want to help you fight this whole urge um, of consumerism, materialism that we face every day, all this pressure. Look, there is other things to do with your money besides spend it on stuff. So, Thank you. Thank you for being here. I appreciate it. Um, you know, I'm here for it. I'm here for all the questions, comments, here for everything. And obviously you are too, because you're back. So again, thank you. Thank you for joining me. Um, with all that being said, let's get started with the show. Like I always say, first and foremost, I am not a financial advisor. This is not financial advice. Um, I like to consider it as a financial education as well as financial motivation, inspiration, because I want to motivate, educate, inspire you to make the most of the one resource that you work the hardest for. And y'all know we work so hard for our money. So let's get to the point to where we're making our money work for us. That's the point of the show. Um, So yeah, look, it is November. It's November. Like this year is almost over. We have about eight weeks um, left in this year. Like it's almost done. So I want to encourage you, if you set out in January, you had goals, you had dreams, hopes, whatever it was, resolutions. um, If you wrote those down, go back and look at them and, you know, get started. The year is not done. There is always time to make a change, always time to start doing something, always time to stop doing something. There is no time like the present. You know, when I wanted to, when I first started, thought about starting this podcast, I put it off, you know, for months and months and months, didn't tell anybody. Um, I just, I, I was so unsure of myself. I was like, you know, maybe I'm not qualified. I'm not, you know, I don't speak well enough. There's so much negative talk 
that I did for myself uh, to stop me from starting. And when I eventually did it, the feedback, you know, that I got was amazing. So I'm encouraging you, you know, if there's something that you want to do, something in your head that you feel like you are called to do, that's going to help someone do it. Don't let anyone stop you. Listen, if you got naysayers or people that are against you, people that want to question everything that you do, get rid of them. Or you don't have to get rid of them, but put them in a special little pocket, one that you don't use all the time. Put them away, put them to the side because you have a purpose. You have a call to do whatever it is that's in your heart to do. If it's in your heart, it's there for a reason. So do it. What you don't need is negative talk. I can guarantee you that in this process and so many other processes in my life, I have been the number one negative person in that journey. Like I have beat myself up enough. I've told myself I'm not good enough. I have questioned my ability. I've done that myself. And if you're human, you've done it as well. So what you don't need is assistance talking yourself out of something. What you don't need is assistance downplaying your ability. What you don't need is assistance making yourself feel small. You can do that. You can do that yourself. So get rid of the negative talk, get rid of the negative people and start talking to yourself the way you want someone to talk to you. Encourage yourself, push yourself. You can do it. You got it. Look, someone's going to always be better than you, um, but no one can do what it is you're called to do like you. So go out, do it. You got eight weeks to put some rubber to the road and meet whatever goal it is that you have. Um, Don't wait till January. There's no time like right now. So that's my little motivation speech. Um, Let's get on with the show. I didn't want to, if you you listen to the show in the past, you can kind of see I was kind of trying to go in a direction to where we kind of worked up to talking about investment because I didn't want to jump right into investing. I think that's a mistake that a lot of people make. The first thing they say, I want to get my money right. I want to start investing. And you go from, you know, spending all your money, uh, not budgeting, not cutting out expenses and trying to invest. And it just goes crazy. Um, So I wanted to kind of work the show up to a way that we were working our way through the steps of getting to investment. But I needed to insert this episode uh, because of the season that we're in. And so this episode is about investing for your kids. And the reason why I took a step back Um, and put this episode in is because y'all know, like I said, eight weeks to the end of the year, we have about six or seven weeks until Christmas. We are officially in the holiday season. We are officially in the let's spend all we can, the most consumerist, materialistic season of the year. And one thing that people tend to spend the most on is their kids. For whatever reason, um, you have, whether you didn't get a big Christmas as a parent, I mean, when you were a kid or, you know, you, you have your kids, you want to give them everything or whatever it is, people spend a lot of money on their kids during Christmas. And those kids take all the stuff that you buy, they lose it, they break it, they misplace it, they forget about it, they'll play for, play with it for a day, or they'll take it out, all those boxes and then play with the boxes Whatever it is, you buy your kids a whole lot of stuff, and then two months later, they don't remember what they got for Christmas. Or they have added that stuff with the stuff that you spent, that you got last year. 
And I want to give you a different way to think about Christmas and giving when it comes to your kids. And so that's why I want you to talk about you talk to you today about how to invest or um, ways that you can invest for your kids for the long term so that they're, you know, not um, being instantly gratified or maybe maybe they're young kids and they don't really know what Christmas is. And, you know, we, we do that as well, going by two, one and two year olds, all this stuff that, you know, overstimulates them when really two toys is good and the money that we would spend on the rest of the stuff, hey, let's put it away for them so that when they get older, they'll be in a better position. Um, so I want you to leave the gift giving and gift buying up to grandma and granddad and let's do something different for our kids this year. So there are ways that you can invest for your kids, ways that you can put money away for them that a lot of people aren't aware of. And if you are aware of, good for you. I hope you're utilizing it. Um, one way, one thing that I always talk about is a high yield savings account. So if you are interested in saving money for your kids, uh, you have a kid that, you know, maybe they're a baby and you know that when they get five, you want to put them in t-ball or soccer or um, you're a big football fan and you want your child to play football, whatever it is, you know, you can start saving money now for whatever goal that it is that you have for them to do at five, five or six or whatever. Um, so the number one way, well, not number one, but one of the uh, easier ways, if you're not willing to look at investing or you kind of, you know, skittish about the market or whatever right now, you can put money into a high yield savings account. I talk about this a lot. Um, the interest for high yield savings account right now, I know mine is 2.5% and that compounds every month. Um, you know, there are some that are maybe a little bit higher, 2.7, some are a little bit lower, 2.2, 2.1. But with the feds continually raising the interest rates uh, to combat inflation, those interest rates are getting higher and higher and um in high yield savings accounts. So now is a good time to open one of those for your kids. And, you know, maybe you only have five or $10 to put in a week, five or $10 to put in a month, whatever it is, put it there, let it sit. It's going to get some interest. It's going to grow a little bit. And plus you're putting money away for your child to have later on. Same thing you should be doing for yourself, but if you, you can do it for your child as well. Um, high yield savings accounts are super easy to open. You open them online. A lot of them, um, a lot of them are online accounts. The brick and mortar accounts, Wells Fargo, Bank of America, maybe your local credit union, your interest rate is going to be like 0.01 to 0.1%. You're not going to get any interest on that. So I advise you to do some digging online, find a high yield savings account. I use Ally. Ally does not sponsor this show. I wish they would though. Um, but I am happy with that. And I mean, I utilize because I'm happy with it. I have no issues. I hadn't had any issues with it. Um, so I use Ally for my high yield savings account. That's where I keep my um, my my emergency fund. All that stuff is there. Oh, one of my emergency funds. Um, I also have a high yield savings account at Barclays Bank. Um, have no issue with that. That money is absolutely not touched. My my girls have um, high yield savings account with Bar Barclays the bank. So you just put the money there, let the interest build. I will tell you that um, they do report that interest to you on a 1099 INT form for your taxes. So you will you will have to report the interest, but please don't let taxes scare you away from making a little bit of money. It's it's not that significant. So just put the put the money in the account, let it grow for your kids. Um, one downside is that the amount isn't it's in, it's cash. And as we know, inflation is getting higher and higher by the second, it seems. And so cash will lose a little value 
um, over time. Over time, so even though you do have a high interest, it's going to lose value. But the flip side is that the interest with this high yield savings account is a lot higher than what you would get at a traditional bank. So go the high yield savings around savings route. Um, the interest that you get will kind of offset the amount of inflation um, that's going on right now with the economy. So. That's the first way. The second way that you can put money. Now, this is where we're getting to investing. It's going to cause you, hey, so get some paper, get some, get a pencil, pen and write this down so that you can start Googling and get some information on how to go about opening these accounts or, you know, the best way to invest inside the account once you open. Because that's one thing you need to remember is that you can open an account, whatever it is, a retirement, Roth IRA, um, any kind of investment account, but you have to take that money and you have to put it to work. Once you put it in there, it doesn't just invest on its own. So second way is a 529 college plan. With this uh, account, you can save for college for your child, regardless of the age. If you want to start when they're um, when they're not born, they do have 529 plans that you can open for kids that you don't have just yet. Um, also, if you... Um, have small kids and you know that you absolutely want them to go to college, you can save in a five, you can save and invest in a 529 college plan. Um, depending on what state you live in, your state may offer a tax-free um, contribution. Like, so whatever you con- contribute to the account, you may be able to claim it on your taxes and save on your state taxes. You'd have to find that information yourself because I'm not sure about what each state allows. And I personally don't have 529 plans for my kids. So I can't give you a whole lot of information about which state will say, you know, uh, save has tax savings or which state doesn't. But like I said, if you're thinking about sending your kids to college or you know your child is thinking about college, um, or that's possibly in the plan, you can save on a 529 account. You take that money, um, you invest it. Most 529 accounts have specific things that you can invest in. So that means that you can't go and buy a whole lot of stock in XYZ company that's up and coming, hoping that you're going to get rich. Or you can't put all your money in Apple or um, you can't put it out. You can't buy Bitcoin. You know, there's the the reason why they have specific investments inside a 529 account is because they don't want you blowing that money um, that's that's there to pay for education expenses. So there may be certain index funds, certain ETFs, only certain things that you can buy inside that account. So again, that's going to come, you're going to have to do a little research, but you have time because Christmas is not here yet. So do some research about what you can, um, what, what you can invest in when you open that plan. So upside, it may qualify for a tax savings. The funds um, like are used specifically for educational purposes. So that could be college, trade school. Um, they do have, there was an amendment, amendment to some law that you can, you know, use it to pay for private school um, education expenses. Well, when it comes to private or public um well, public private schools, you know, there are private schools that are like Christian based and then there are uh, other private schools. So any private school um, education tuition you can use to pay for that. Also, once they get older and they want to go to trade school, vocational school, it'll pay for apprenticeships. Um, you can use it to pay for books, software, any kind of college material, college meal plans, um, housing, all that. This account can be used to pay for anything when it comes to education. 
Um, it can also be used to pay. Uh, they amended the law with the SECURE Act. You may be able to pay up to $10,000 in student loans. So one-time $10,000 payment in student loans from your 529 um, account if you qualify. So use account, pay for college, college expenses, books, all that jazz. Um, and if you don't, say you, you open this account for your child and they don't go to college, you can save that money and use it for your, their sister. You can use it for another sibling. Um, say you open the account and you have it and the child decides to, you know, go to college at 22 and, instead of 18 or go to college at 25 and you still have that account, you can use that money for college for them then. Um, another good thing about a 529 is say that your child decides that they don't want to go to college at all and you notice that you held on to this account for 30 years um, and then you have kids, you can transfer that account to their kids. So that's a good way to uh, set yourself up, set your kids up for a better path, a better financial future, a college education. And if it didn't happen for your kids, it may happen for their kids. So 529 is one account that you can use um, to utilize that Christmas money that you're going to go out and spend thousands of dollars on stuff that they're not going to touch. You know, think about a 529 plan. Another college, um, another account, investment account that you can use for your kids is a UTMA or a UTGA. So what that stands for a, uni a Uniform Give to Minors Act or Uniform Transfer to Minors Act. And this account is just like a regular brokerage account. You can open at any brokerage uh, firm like Fidelity, Charles Schwab, TD Ameritrade, Vanguard. Um, you may find another um, if there's, you know, local investment uh, firm that you like or whatever. Uh, but those are some of the main ones that you can use. I have one of these for my girls through, well, my kids through Fidelity. And the point of this account is that you open it at any time when they're a minor, you can put the money in. And in this money specifically, you can invest in whatever you want. If you want to buy up all the Tesla stock, you are free to do that. If you want to buy all the Coca-Cola stock, you can buy all the Coca-Cola stock. You can do that. Um, you're free to invest this money. However, there are no limits, no limits to your, if you, if you're trading or whatever it is, you can do that inside this account. But what happens at the age of majority, depending on whatever state you're in at 18 or at 21, some states help let you hold um, the account to 25. But at 18, 21 or 25, you have to transfer this account to your minor child. So and that account is now in their name. So that account now becomes a regular brokerage account with them. So the thing about a UTMA, UTGA is that you put the money in after you pay taxes. It's just like your regular money that you get, you know, put the money into the account. You invest it in whatever you're going to invest in. I always advise you to invest wisely. Um, invest the money. Let it grow. You can invest, like I said, invest in whatever you like. Um, the money that grows in the account, if you, if up to $10,000, excuse me, up to $1,050, uh, those earnings are tax-free. So the first $1,050, no one pays taxes on that. The next $1,050, that grows from the account, that's taxable at the child's tax rate. So if you are having, if you have this um, UTMA, UTGA account open for your child, and they're eight years old, and you've made uh, the first ten fifty that's tax free, and then the account has grown up to another ten fifty, 
that amount is taxable at the child's rate. Well, the child has no income. So the taxes that, that, that you would have to pay on that account is very little. Again, the account is in your name for your child. Um, after you've gotten the first 1050, the second 1050 that's taxed at the child's rate, then over $2,100 that's taxed at the parent, whatever your tax rate is. And so if you are, you know, your tax rate is 10%, 20%, 30%, depending on your income, that's how much you'll be taxed on the earnings of the account. Now, a little bit about investing. Um, if you don't know anything, I'll, he'll give you a little tidbit. So if you have an account and say you bought you bought S, um, XYZ stock at $500 and the account, you see that it's at $1,000. So the amount of the stock has doubled. That $1,000, that $500 that the stock has grown is not your money specifically until you sell the stock. So if you put 500 in the account and it's grown to 2100 and that money is just there, you don't have to pay taxes on that money because that's called an unrealized gain. Now, I know I'm getting way too ahead, getting ahead of myself, but I want you to understand that, you know, just because you put 500 in the account and it now says 1000 does not mean you're going to have to pay taxes on $500. You have to sell and, and get a profit from that. Now, if you have a stock that pays a dividend, that pays you money just for holding that stock, that dividend is considered a gain. So you will have to pay taxes on that. But again, please don't let paying taxes stop you from making money or stop you from investing or learning how to invest for your kids or for yourself. So um, put money in the account invest in good quality stocks, index funds, ETFs, whatever it is, and let the money sit there, let it grow. When your child is 18 years old, 21 or 25, depending on the state, that account goes from your control to their control. So if you're going to put money in there and you say you grow it to two, $3 million, make sure your child knows how to manage money because at 18 years old, all of a sudden they're going to be a millionaire and they're going to they're going to have control over those millions. So make sure you're not handing them a, a, a time bomb and, you know, make sure you're teaching them as that money is growing, how to manage it, how to um, how to do all that stuff. Now, with my girls, they're they're getting ready to be 18 soon. And so they will be taking their, well, their account will be in their name. They've agreed to allow me to continue to have control over it because, I'm still their mother. I'm still in their lives. And so um, account is in their name. I'll still control it, but they will. I mean, they have say so now. They just don't care about it. They don't care to have say so. Um, but I'm going to hopefully convince them to be a little bit more involved in it um, and involved how that money grows. But again, they'll be 18. They're getting ready to get that account. It'll be the same way with your child. You invest all their lives when they get 18, 21 or 25. They'll inherit a large sum of money versus inheriting uh, toys every year that they're not going to play with. So again, the point of this is just to give you a different idea of what you can do with Christmas money. Um, also, birthday money or money that they get, you know, from grandma or relatives or whatever, just to give you a different idea. Um, the last account that you can use to invest for your child is called a custodial Roth IRA. So a custodial Roth IRA is different from the other accounts because it is a retirement account. 
hence IRA, individual retirement account. Um, it's a custodial retirement account because that account is in your name, the custodian, and you hold it for your child. Um, your child's name is on the account, but when it comes, you know, but you are the custodian of the account. You are the, the one that is going to manage how the money is invested and all that. So you are the custodian of the Roth IRA, which is an individual retirement account for your child, for a minor. Um, this account is special in that one is a retirement account. And secondly, is that, you know, there's a limit to how much money you can put in this account. Uh, you can put as much money as you want in a 529, as much as you want in a UTMA, UTGA. You can put as much as you want in a high yield savings account. But a Roth IRA account, you are limited to how much you can put in the account. Um, in order for you to open a custodial Roth IRA for your child, that child has to have some kind of taxable income. So if your 12-year-old is babysitting and they're getting consistent money babysitting, you can take some earnings up to the amount they've earned a year, as long as it does not exceed $6,000, and put it into a custodial Roth IRA account for your child. Now, you have to pay tax, you have to file that as income on taxes. So whether you do just like a regular, um, I think it's a 1099 form for taxes or whatever for self-employed, you have to file that that income as income. So it has to be taxable income that you put into a Roth IRA. You can't just open it with birthday money. Um, I opened a custodial Roth IRA for my daughters once they started working because they now have taxable income. So they can you can contribute up to the amount. So if your child has made $5,000 a year, you can contribute up to $5,000 to that Roth IRA. If they made 10,000, the most that you can put in is 6,000. $6,000 is the limit for this IRA. You put the money in the custodial Roth IRA, you can invest it in mutual funds, individual stocks, uh, whatever you want to invest it in. Again, invest wisely. Um, you invest in that account and let it grow until they get 18 years old. 18 years old, they take over the account, just like a UTMA, UTGA account. Uh, the thing about the Roth IRA that makes it very appealing to myself, it should be appealing to everyone else, is that when you put money in this account, again, it's, it's, it's geared for retirement. So the plan is for you to keep it until retirement. Um, when you're ready to withdraw the money, the money that you put in the account grows tax-free and you can withdraw it tax-free. So it's like a double tax advantage. You pay the taxes on the money you get before you, once you get your check, then after you get paid taxes, you got your check, you take money and contribute to this account. So say you put the max in one year, $6,000, and that money grows. Now, I'm okay, I'm, I'm, this is far-fetched. So say you put $6,000 in one year, you only put to contribute one year, that $6,000 grows to $700,000 by the time there's, you're there at retirement. Now, I don't know what you did to make that grow that much, but whatever, just example. So that $6,000 has grown to $700,000 by the time your child hits 59 and a half, time to withdraw from the account. That $700,000 is tax-free money. You don't have to pay taxes on the money you pull out. You don't have to pay taxes when uh, the money grows or when you have you know, taken the profit from that account. So that's $700,000 that you've gotten tax-free. Again, that's far-fetched. I know it, but I'm just trying to give you an example um, and 
to reiterate how important and how much this account can definitely be be a help to your children in the future. So if they have a job and let's say that they put um they have a job and they only make $5,000 and you know that they're paying for expenses, they're paying for school stuff. So they're not, you know, realistically going to contribute $5,000 to that account one year. Well, maybe you can add to it. You know, maybe you add $200 a month to get that account to the max for them, which is $5,000 since they only made $5,000. Maybe they made $10,000 a year and um, they're still paying for expenses, bought a new car, whatever. You can still contribute to that account up to the max, which is $6,000. So custodial Roth IRA is excellent because that money, it grows tax-free. And when it's time to withdraw the money, you can take it out tax-free. Uh, when you get retirement age. And so you don't pay any any taxes on that money ever once you pay the initial tax, which comes out of your paycheck. So um, I have a custodial IRA for my children. Uh, once they started working, I opened one of those. Again, they're turning 18 in, oh my gosh, in two weeks, um, my baby girls will be 18 years old. And so they'll get um, they'll get control of this account. Now, of course, with my help, um, and not because I want to just take the account from them. And I mean, not because I just want to, you know, rule the account, but I do want to continue to help them make good investment decisions. And I know that, you know, they're 18, technically they're grown. Uh, we all know these kids ain't grown at 18. You weren't grown at 18. Um, they're still learning, they're still living. And so it's still our job to teach and steer them in the correct direction. So, They'll have they'll have um, control over their account with my help. We'll continue to invest, continue to put money into it, uh, continue to try to, you know, if we can max it out. I'm going to add some money at the end of this year to their account for them for Christmas uh, so that we can, you know, get that money as close to six thousand dollars for the year as possible. Um, so, again, just to reiterate, let's talk about these account, a high yield savings High yield interest account, savings account is just basically a savings account with a good interest rate around 2.5 to 2.7 percent, um, and that that rate is going up every time the Feds raise the, in, the interest rate. That rate goes higher. Um, you can also invest in a 529 college plan. That money is used for college expenses only. Um, you can invest in a UTMA, UTGA account, which is a basically a brokerage account for your children that you hold. They can control over when they get 18, 21, or 25, depending on what state you live in. You can invest in whatever you like. It has a few tax benefits, but ultimately there are some taxes that are going to be paid on the gains from that account. And then lastly, you can invest in a custodial Roth IRA account. The thing about this account is that there is a limit to how much you can invest. And also your child must has must have taxable income. So either they are taxing the money they made from their lemonade stand or they actually actually have a job or a business that they're paying taxes on income. So you have to have some kind of tax income to open a custodial Roth IRA for your child. So I know I went through that uh, really quickly. I know it was kind of a crash course. I gave you the names um, so you can go look them up, find out which one works for your tax situation, which one works for your kids, uh, which one works when it comes to you know your knowledge, and which I encourage you to definitely increase that knowledge, learn more, uh, do better. Um, so I gave you the information um, because I want you to think of different ways 
to treat your kids for Christmas. You know, like I said, we're always, you know, thinking about buying this, buying that. They have a Christmas list of stuff that they want and stuff that they, you know, we buy and we, as parents, we do a lot of stuff. I've said this before to make ourselves feel better. We do a lot for our kids um, because it makes us feel like a good parent. And we always want to feel like a good parent. I mean, I, I understand that feeling, um, tremendously. I definitely understand what it feels like to want to know that I'm doing good for my kids. And a lot of it, you know, we're not doing them. We're not doing, um, we're doing them a disservice by just buying a lot of stuff for them to have, or, you know, whether, are we doing ourselves a disservice for, for buying a lot of stuff so that we can post a full Christmas tree on Facebook and Instagram, or that, you know, we can, you know, look good in the store with a cart full of trash that we went and bought for our kids. I want you to have other options or think about other ways that you can make the Christmas of 2022 better for your children. You know, something that you can do now that they can look back on in 10 years and be grateful for. Because I guarantee you, the toy that you buy when they're 10, they're, most of them they're not going to remember when they get to be an adult. True story. One year I asked my kids, um, what did I get you for Christmas last year? And they did not remember. They had no idea what they got a year ago. And um, my, feeling was, my feelings were a little hurt. And it, not just because they didn't remember, but because that's how mindlessly we spend. That's how mindlessly, that's how mindless we are when it comes to stuff. We buy so much stuff and just completely forget about it. And, you know, you sent money, you spent working hours acquiring stuff that doesn't even, that they don't even remember, doesn't even ring a bell a year later. So don't put yourself in that position. Don't put your kids in that position. Like let's, let's put them in a position to do better, be better. And if you don't want to spend money on, I mean, if you don't want to invest in any of these accounts, none of them um, are appealing to you. You can always take your kids on a trip. I'm always all about travel and experiences. So but the point of this show is to teach you about those accounts. So I'll go over them real quick so that you can jot them down, look them up. High yield savings account, a 529 college savings, a UTMA, UTGA account. Now those will be different according to what state you live in. And then a custodial Roth IRA if your child has any kind of taxable income. And that is it for this week's episode of Must Talk Money. Look, I always say to go out and do something nice for someone, but this week, go out and do something nice for yourself. Go buy that cup of coffee, take some time to journal, take some time to relax, take a nap in the middle of the day, take a day off without feeling bad about it. Uh, do something nice for you. Take care of you because you're going to spend a lot of time in these weeks coming up taking care of everyone else. So go ahead and get your time in right now while you have time. So thank you for joining me and we'll see you right back here next week on Must Talk Money. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to Must Talk Money. If you've enjoyed what you heard here, please do me a favor, like, subscribe, rate, and share this with a friend. Also, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Must Talk Money. If you'd like to email me, you can do that at musttalkmoney at gmail.com. Again, that email address is musttalkmoney at gmail.com.